Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast, our fortnightly catch-up on the energy markets with our expert, Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha, and I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha. Now, Jason, we touched on oil a lot last time we spoke, but carbon markets have been uh, very entertaining, is one way of putting it, over the last couple of weeks with uh, some surprisingly high prices and some people even speculating about a €100 a tonne carbon price, perhaps, uh, in the near future. Is that looking possible? Are we heading in that sort of direction one day, do you think? Well, I think it's um, gone mainstream, the carbon story, or it's going mainstream, Jeremy. We're beginning to see articles emerge in the broadsheets that are talking about the very questions that we've been asking. So what we've seen in the past two weeks is we've seen carbon move from the lower points of its recent range in its 35 to 40 uh, euro mark to uh, pushing through that 40 and now looking to the world as if it's trading 40 to 45 euros so as i've said before in these updates we seem to be in a five euro market in carbon and it seems to be dominated by secondary market activity investor activity and i suppose the signals or the lack of signals coming out of the regulators out of the commission are are allowing carbon to be swept up what could be in some terms called a little bit of an asset bubble across a lot of asset classes and carbons are no different certainly given what's gone on in oil over the last three months really then you would say that this is not outside of where we would expect things to be in terms of the energy complex but uh, i think the issue with carbon it's moving at a lightning pace and uh, it's impacting very large very structurally slow moving industry base industries big heavy engineering and power generation and do the two mix and i think we're beginning to see these sort of stories asked in the press you know if it goes to 100 euros what does that do for the german power price well the german power price is 100 odd euros a, a megawatt hour which is three or four times what it was not too long ago Is that manageable in the short term? As a policy measure, one has to say that some sort of intervention needs to be born into the market so that uh, I think industry can can clean up its act and and move in the right direction, but not on the basis of uh, making a lot of speculators very rich very quickly. Well, indeed. And thinking about that, I mean, of course, the slightly strange thing about the carbon market, it's it's only partially a market and it's also partially a political creation, not like a traditional commodity market in that sense. And, you know, the politicians or the regulators rather can change the rules to restrict or expand the number of allowances available. Indeed, there's a mechanism set up to do that, the uh, market stability reserve, which I think most MEPs and, and commissioners thought was largely going to be there to help bolster the price of carbon, but potentially it could be used in the other direction. Do you think if the carbon market tightens much further, there's going to be political pressure to do that, to release allowances onto the market? Or do you think it's premature to start talking about that? I think given where we are in terms of global pandemics, uh, I don't think this is very high up the agenda for senior politicians. Having said that, I think representations will already have been made. Carbon was trading €25 in Q4 last year before sort of the end of November run. We're now looking at uh, that being 43 euros earlier this week. 
and uh, right up there with um, what the commission itself thought that its average price by 2030 would be. And this is why I talk about the speed of markets and question their suitability for managing what are structural, long-term, huge infrastructure-type businesses, which is what power generation and chemical manufacturing and steel manufacturing and all the rest of it is. I think it's a very important point. You know, these capital-intensive industries, they operate assets for decades at a time, whether it's in industry or power generation. It takes time to change. But, of course, the one thing that can change relatively swiftly, in fact, almost instantaneously, is switching of fuels between coal-fired capacity and gas-fired capacity. So, presumably, whether or not the emissions trading scheme is going to work uh, in terms of transforming the, uh, the infrastructure itself in the short term, it provides pretty clear commercial signal to burn and gas and less coal, doesn't it, if that capacity is there? And are we starting to see that? Well, we are, definitely. But I mean, I think, um, and this has been picked up in uh, some articles that have been uh, pushed around uh, only this week, that actually, if your fuel switching price means that you have to have heavy subsidies to run coal, which is where we are already, and we kind of get that. But the reality is that Germany and great swathes of the former Central and Eastern part of Europe is still totally dependent on burning coal in terms of power generation. We've seen some really quite wincing numbers in terms of Polish power prices at the moment. We're now beginning to get carbon into levels where actually gas becomes marginalised and you can't actually afford to operate gas without huge subsidies either. So actually the market is actually forcing perhaps um, even a command response. (laughs) If you worked it through to the end game, you'd say that actually what the market is doing now is forcing a command response by saying it's pushing costs into subsidies at uh, government level. It's it's a criticism that's been made of the UK market that uh, by uh, Professor Dieter Helm and other energy economists that every form of technology and power generation is now receiving some kind of subsidy or, or policy support, including from the capacity mechanism, which we might return to in a minute. But you mentioned the importance of gas. I mean, are things relatively quiet in the gas market? Have we seen gas prices rise a little bit in the same way as we've seen power? Yeah, very much so. So uh, obviously carbon has had this push through into a new five euro level. We've seen power uh, respond at the same time. We've seen a few things going on in the gas market, which means that in the case of the last week, we've seen 10% go into most gas prices and a little bit more on the front end. It doesn't go without saying that this is the second biggest expiry looming of the year. So there is a lot of compliance activity at the moment, people buying contracts and the market knows that. But more importantly, there's been some cooler weather forecasts. There's been a rise in LNG prices in Asia in response to uh, some Russian and Australian LNG facilities having to take production trains offline. So... There was a perceived bit of tightness in the the fundamental market, which is not actually backed up by the inventory of uh, LNG coming to Europe at the moment is the strongest it's been this year. The weather forecasts have actually disappeared. I mean, talk to the average Brit about a weather forecast. And of course, you know, it has changed completely in the last 48 hours and will continue to do so. So the markets are jumpy. The markets also know there's compliance activity. Carbon and oil are still at high levels. Power obviously has reflected the carbon input. 
and that kind of through spark spreads drags up gas anyway and then there's been a few little bits of activity around weather and um, certainly about LNG and Asian prices that has given some activity so a really volatile last uh, sort of week or 10 days in the market not quite back to what we were seeing in January where we saw front month gas trading at 80 odd pence but certainly interesting and, uh, and not interesting for those people trying to fix 12 and 24 and 36 month contracts in the next few days. Indeed. Well, that's certainly something to watch as we reach the start of the April contract round um, period and and then the tail end of the current uh, compliance period. And lastly, you mentioned earlier that the the move towards fixed costs and support for power generation, including gas-fired power generation. And in the UK, of course, um, one of those mechanisms is the capacity mechanism and the market that's been set up there with auctions. We don't need to go in detail here, but what's the signs from the recent auction rounds there? Are we seeing those costs starting to rise a bit? Yes, we are indeed, Jeremy. I mean, we saw some auction activity over the last few weeks for 21 and 24. And there's no question that prices are moving on a completely different basis to the early sessions that we saw probably in 19 and early into 20. I think it just underlines more the fact that the commodity price within the power is becoming less relevant the whole shift to policy and non-commodity costs. So further evidence of what we were touching on earlier, really, that sort of saying that the market is actually pushing the legislators and costs into different directions. And ultimately, in probably the last 15 to 20 years, we've seen commodity move from 80% to 30% of the overall cost. And I think it will be sub 20% very shortly. Well, that's a very interesting point on which to conclude. Thank you, Jason. The interplay between the fuel commodity prices, power prices, carbon, and of course, these other add-on costs. Fascinating as ever. I hope you found that interesting too. If you'd like to find out more, please visit our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK, and join us again for a podcast soon.